The Dude Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dude Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and our final Saturday 3pm kickoff of the season is done and dusted. And to the boy with the drum, get it up ya. Last week we announced Craig Conway as our second guest for the live show. It's just four weeks away now. You can get your tickets from dundeebox.co.uk. And join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dude Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Merger Talk, Scotland Call-Ups, Motherwell Review, Loan Report, Women's Team, Lottery, 50-50, Walking Football, Players Leaving, Games or Goals, and On This Day with the Arab Archive. It's all coming up on episode 145 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, I'm Leo. These two are pricks, and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. Never a truer word spoken, young McNichol. Welcome back to the award-winning Dode Fox podcast with the John Higgins lookalike for hire, Paul McNichol, and the boy for the Go Compare adverts, Ronnie Costello. How did the John Higgins thing come about? Tell me. That That's uh, Franco Serbico for Twitter, young Mr. Kieran Lavery. He's done me up like a kipper there. I don't see it. Is it because we're both bald? Is that is that it? And scruffy, I suppose. We're a wee bit scruffy, bald, not the best looking, slightly out of shape. Now, now that I've said that, Rondo, we're probably twins. He's a There's professional a sportsman. Can that's that's no that it's not really the the look like comparison that you want to hear about yourself. But but here we are. What can I do about it? <laughs> John Higgins, amazing. Dev- devastating. Oh, I thought that was funny. It's uh, a low point. I thought that was funny. Anyway, uh, I mean, I was I was set to start the day, but you know, talking about yesterday's win, and you mentioned the young boys getting called up for Scotland, and then I seen a tweet the day that it's just already been deleted, a lad, for the author of said tweet, but the renowned leadership guru, Alistair McCaw. Uh, apparently called for a Dundee Dundee United merger, and yeah. I noticed you were quick to reply to a tweet for uh, mm-hmm. the paper or whatever that picked up. He basically said, "Solution to the city of Dundee football, long-standing rivalry. Fact is, both in, uh, both struggle more way, in more ways than one. Cut traditions, merge both to become Dundee City FC, more viable financially, combine talents at academies, build more unity in the city." And one new and better stadium. I mean, it just so happens that he was talking to the Dundee FC Academy uh, last night as well. I mean, what a coincidence that must have been. But what was your take on that when you read that today? <laughs> this story, every now and again, it rears its ugly head. And and I'm, I don't know why. Like, I don't know of anyone that's that would be keen on this, like from a supporter point of view of either team. And I think that's what I said at, uh, on Twitter. And, to the article, uh, I, I just didn't, I, I didn't see any benefits to it. You know, Aberdeen are a, a city with only one team. Mm. They're, 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 well, the big team now, Cove, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't, I don't know if people are thinking, oh, well, just merge them together and the team will be better. And what do you use? Get you get seven thousand at your games. You get four thousand, so you'll hit eleven thousand crowds. Ah, it doesn't work like that. I honestly think you'd get less you would. crowds. Yeah, for at least a generation, I honestly think people would turn their back on that because it's. I'm a United fan. Like you, you kind of just switch that off. Uh, as much as now and again, I would like to 
yeah, it, it, it doesn't switch off. So it's it's no something that I'm ever ever going to be in favour of. It's not something I could ever see happening. To be totally honest with you, Rondo, uh, and we say that we like the both clubs here in American owners. So I mean, if it was ever going to happen, I suppose guys that are in charge of things that then I really have emotional ties to the clubs that would maybe be the the time. But uh, nah, it's it's always going to be a no for me. I thought it was. Um quite interesting when he said you know merge the academies yeah let's take the club that have invested millions of the academy to the end that's in, invested pennies in their academy but aye no bother lads no yeah. problem whatsoever yeah and the same as you I think it's one of these things that's a bit of a non-starter it does come up now and again I saw someone say it always seems when one of the teams is, looks like they're going down which is fun but it does get thrown up now and again but I can't say I've ever ever thought Oh, I would I would get behind that. I just dunna. I've thought over time possibly sharing a stadium, a very neutral stadium, has its benefits, certainly. But given that our stadium's still in pretty decent nick, it needs a bit of TLC every summer, you know, but we've seen that stuff going on, you know, but it is our home. But that that's the only thing I would ever be if it was a modern neutral, you know, again you'd have ends and stuff, but I'm not sure you see one painted you know, tangerine and black and one painted their colours and stuff like that. So, but that, that's the only thing. I mean, when we see new campy, we'll maybe be that jealous, you know? Oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a day that we're going to ever yeah. see, to be to be totally honest. You know, I mean, I'm, one, I'm tending maybe. the crematorium and I'm needing to go to that stadium a day and mm. oh, jeez, you know. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, on the face of it, it sounds like pie in the sky. It really does. Uh, but nah, we can't, we can't be merging the teams. Like it, it's, it's never going to happen. There's no appetite for it. It comes from people that don't. The people that come up with these ideas are people that don't have any ties to it. Mm. Usually, now I know that it was close years and years ago. I forget the actual story, but it was when the Mars were in charge at Dundee. I think Jim McLean was the the chairman, and I, I think it was the Mars that were going to sell. To Jim McLean, or I, I can't even remember. I can't. I can't remember. Uh, I was on the drink last night, so I, I can't really remember how to tell Melissa's the day. Never mind what happened mm. other years ago. Uh, but but it's never going to happen, Rondo, and, and I'm fine with that. Like if you, if United's ambition or the peak of our ambition is to maybe get into Europe and win the odd cup, then I'm cool with that. Like that's that's fine. That that's what it's all about for me. Uh, do, do you want to be like a do you want United to win the league at the time? Probably, yeah, because you're a United fan. But like, because we're dinner and because we've we've got almost no chance of winning the league, then the odd cup just the, the occasions are so special to to punters like myself and you. And uh, no, nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't swap that for anything. Like, so you could stick your talk of your merger where the sun do not shine. Right up your arse is basically what he's saying. Uh, right, let's move on. So. Uh, Rory McLeod, Craig Moore and Lewis O'Donnell have been named in the Scotland Under-17 squad for the upcoming European Championships in Israel. So we have to say very well done, them. Good luck, lads. And I'm sure it'll be a great experience for the three of you as well. Anything else you want to add or have you picked as that? Was it getting a wee token mention later on? It was. You've, you've stole my thunder. Uh, I just yes, thought it was, it was quite a nice, mentioned. quite important. I thought that was pretty cool. So no, it's it's great. It's great for the lads, hmm. uh, and it's it's good for the club as well. It's it's further international recognition, albeit a wee bit down in uh, the the age groups. But 
Like it's a couple of years ago, there was nobody representing Scotland mm. for United. So we're definitely doing something right. Without a doubt. Uh, we are closing in on the ultimate objective of securing fourth place after uh, yesterday's narrow victory over Motherwell at Tanadice. Um, I know the manager, head coach, has alluded that in his uh, comments after the game yesterday, it might feel a bit like a tombola currently. Tom's tombola. It's got a great ring to it. Could be a t-shirt, who knows. And, uh, I mean, there is a point about that, but I think, you know, the old saying, you can only piss with the cock you've got. And uh, these are the cards we have been dealt and any other ones that count for that. When I saw the team yesterday, and you look at the bench, knowing who's injured, and I know people are like, oh, look at that team, look at this, we've got 80 million defenders playing on us. I'm not sure what else, what else can you do? If that's the squad, if that's the the, the ends that are available, because the only other ends are young boys, because you know Harks is out injured, um, McDonald's out injured, Butchers bombed, you know, so things like that. It's, I'm not sure really we did, but it was a case of I wonder how we're going to play, and I, I thought Mulgrew's probably going to need to play midfield here. You know, yeah. you were. Yeah. You were. You didn't care what was going on yesterday, did you? No, I, I wasn't mad keen on that idea, uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't think I still am fully sold on it. But the my my feelings on the game yesterday, when I saw the team, and I, and I did again, I, I put it out on Twitter, and I'm no the I told you so guy. I didn't see us losing a goal. I really didn't. But I, I wasn't sure we were actually going to score a, a goal either. If I'm being totally honest, uh, plus Motherwell were in horrendous form. Uh, so, like uh, we we said it last weekend. In fairness to the club, they said it themselves. You know, in their wee snippets that they done in the media, it was a must-win game. Like we had to win that game. Uh, so uh, the lineup was on paper. It was a little bizarre at first reading, but uh, I mean, it all worked out quite well in the end, I suppose. Cigars and slippers on. Old Mister Mulgrew in the middle of that midfield. Although yeah. when he went down after about fifteen minutes. I did. I actually tried to. Te- I actually tried to miss you, but I didn't send it because my message actually said, "Get it up, you McNichol." No, none of it. It said uh, this could be a very young midfield in a second because Chris yeah. Mockery got shouted back at mm. that time, and I thought, "Ooh, you know," and uh, yeah, could have been a lot different for that. Uh, what I th- what I found quite interesting, even though my, my group was in that midfield, is it's still Dylan Levitt dropped a lot deeper than that. I think it, you know, he opens up the park a little bit more. He, he takes up really nice spaces. He knows where to go to get the ball. If a boy comes after him, then he just moves. Because after, I think it was just before the Mulgrew when he went down, is that uh, Motherwell changed their shape, went like for like, and put a man on Levitt. And yeah. but all Levitt did was then, right, if you're going to follow me there, let's see if you follow me there. And it was like he got a bit of a free roam and then, because I, I think we all assumed Mulgrew would sit the deepest of the, of the time. And maybe you're a defensive yeah, He was, thing very, was, he was very deep. He was very yeah. deep at times. Certainly uh, defensively, but I'm just saying attacking. Yeah. You saw Levitt was always dropping off to see it. But again, when you when you look at the team, what else could you, what else would you have done yesterday? You know what I mean? You've you've got, you know, we're, we're, we're I mean, off the bench, what we're talking, Clark Sporler, um Niskarin. Mockery. Who's the other? Mockery, yeah. O'Donnell, McLeod. That's your Goodwill. kind of that's kind of your main first teamers as such. The young boys are kind and they're 
and and deserve to be in. The thing is, for us, we always name nine subs. Motherwell didn't yesterday for whatever reason, yeah. but we are always doing it. So I think the young boys they get a bit of that experience and whatever. And listen, yeah. they've got on for time to time, but yesterday was still must win. It wasn't a time to throw boys on for cameos. You know what I mean? I, I'm I'm not convinced that they're going to get many minutes uh, between now and the end of the season, Rondo. Purely because like uh, there's st- everything's still a play for exactly. Yeah. And we'll we'll get into it, but this is going to come down to Dingwall. Mm-hmm. I, I can envisage that being a winner-takes-all scenario on that day. Uh, we're going to fill your end, no doubt. We'll probably a wee bit more than, than that. just behind the goal. We'll probably get a wee bit of side as well. I could really see a big crowd going up there, regardless of the daft kickoff time, because I, I honestly feel like fourth place will be up for grabs to the winner of that game, mm. in my opinion. As, as we sit here, like two or three weeks, however many weeks away it is. Is it two weeks away? As we sit here two weeks away for you, I think it will literally come down to that. Uh, so I, I kind of see the manager risking, if he deems it a risk, giving Kujo some minutes or, or Rory McLeod or, or anything like that. But, you know, time, time will tell, I guess. Time will tell. Uh, Motherwell, just one win in uh, 15 games is the turn of the year. And uh, mm-hmm. I think we jokingly said it before, why do you want to be playing? <laughs> Want to be playing United because we've been yeah. on the end of people ending those runs. Uh, yeah. So you were no, never going to go. St. Mern done that to us in January or December or whenever they had the one for ages and then boom. Exactly. Pumped. Uh, so changes yesterday. Uh, two two changes. Nicky mm-hmm. Clark was in. And, uh, three changes, I think. Uh, three, yeah. Nicky Clark was in for Matt McNulley. McNulley was in for Clark, was he not? True. Better, better way of putting it. Um, Mockray and Young Erch swapped round, mm-hmm. and uh, Lewis Nielsen was in for a can of mind, but he definitely come in for somebody. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There's your genius. So that was our uh, uh, Niskanen. There you go. Was Niskanen there we go. It. There you go. So that was your, that was the three changes going into it. Uh, first bit of action. How did Liam Smith know manage to hit that bar? The long bar through that looked like even on the highlights it was on top of his head, and yeah. the boy ran through and then hit the post. I mean, he's just he's just misjudged it because yeah. it was a fair, it was fair keeper's kick. Yeah. The keeper's kick it. Uh, I don't know if it just swerved or he misjudged it or or whatever, but oh, that uh, that was close. Like that was that was quite worrying. Uh, and then they hit the bar, uh, and then they hit the bar, and after that. <laughs> Because it was it was Edwards that wiped the guy out on the edge of the box, and then it broke to that boy, and he's rattled it off the bar. Uh, so at, at some points, well, I, th- I felt we were riding with luck, and I thought Edwards was lucky not to get booked for that. Amazing, because that. <laughs> I mean, as soon as he'd done it, and the boys hit the bar, and it's because it was pretty quick after that that he he did strike the bar. You could see uh, Edwards kind of putting his hand up to the ref as if to say, "God, I'm sorry," mm. and then the refs. Said something back to him, and I thought he's. Yeah, I was thought he's probably saying, "Don't worry, I'll not forget." You're picking up a booking for that, but he, he didn't. He just spoke to him. Definitely should have got a book for that. Like, there's no doubt in my opinion, he has wiped the boy right out. I'm not sure if it's the boy that got wiped to or the boy that hit the bar, but I'm positive one of them after he hit the bar turned to the referee looking for the free kick. Ah, because he because he didn't score. He wanted. <laughs> How Mere much play on are you wanting, lads? Exactly. Like, uh, he's he's wanting a goal, was he? <laughs> <laughs> he was wanting a goal. He absolutely but, uh, smashed yeah, it. Yeah, you're not far out, but uh, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, but I, I didn't. I didn't think that we started particularly well, and I can 
you weren't in agreement with that because I messaged you halfway through that first half, but I, I didn't think that we were up to much early doors. Motherwell hit the, the woodwork twice, as we've just said. Meh. We weren't really, I didn't feel Meh. like we were we were at it again. Uh, but we, we slowly but surely grew into the game. And it, it felt nervous. Like, it felt nervous in the crowd for a wee while. And it felt really ner- nervous on uh, the park as well. Uh, and probably probably because it was a, a high-pressure game as, as well. You know, okay, it's only Motherwell at home, but there was a lot on the line for the guys that after wanting to qualify for Europe. Uh so uh, it's, we didn't have the best start in my opinion but we definitely got better as the game went on uh, without a doubt I mean certainly at the time of the goal we went ahead against the run of play and it was actually the mm-hmm. game's first shot on target yeah um, great but, move brilliant move Tony Watt Mikusin Leva I think McNulty was involved as well I, uh, best staying out of the way I think <laughs> I think he did I thought he'd done pretty well on it but really good one touch pass we've got a move and I think Lewis Nielsen plays a really good ball in as well, uh, that leads to the flick for Mikasin. And then obviously, listen, it's but it's about time we got a bit of luck. And when it looked our Liam Kelly, I was absolutely delighted as Lever got his yeah. second goal in as many games. Well, it, it tells you how how highly a lot of the fans think of Lever, like because around me, boys were like, oh, did he dink that over the keeper there? <laughs> I was like, Mario, I don't know. I thought it took a deflection, but like maybe because it was Lever, he's probably got that in his lockup. No, you, you see it back. Hit the boy. Uh, yeah, he's missed. He's missed hit it. He's no probably probably hit it perfectly actually. Because if he does hit it properly, the keeper might get it. But uh, no, nah, it was it was great. It was good to take the lead and uh, hang on to it to half time. Well, well, you were thinking right, it's great, and then once you've settled in and the kick off's been took again, you're like, right, please, this week dinner far back into our old habits we're sitting on this lead because there's still too much time uh, to go and I don't think we did for the majority of the second half but towards the end of the game which is probably only natural that it happens that way but it did feel like maybe the last 10 minutes we were I thought we were hanging on like they had a, they had a couple of chances but all in all like I, I can't complain I can't complain I bitched about the performance last week and I said that this week against Motherwell, we just had to get the result. It didn't really matter how we got it if it came off somebody's arse and went in. It didn't matter. We just had to get the three points yesterday. And the performance wasn't too bad. Like, I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a lot better. It wasn't too bad. But at this time of season, uh, the stakes are high, so we're just needing the three points any which way. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, we get into half-time 1-0 up, which is a nice place to be because, you know, we've had uh, plenty of those moments when it's been well documented how many times we've been ahead and no seen a game out, only drew or even been beat. So it was good to get in a half-time there and it kind of reset because the longer it was going to go on, like you've alluded to, the last 10 minutes, it was going to be a barrage. Like they were just, Mugabe went up front and, but again, we're a team that allows no like barely won a game this year are somehow in the top six somehow in the race for Europe I think we'd have been in the exact same if we were when you'd be hunting Edwards up front and just looping bars in as you could yeah. um, but we've seen that points in the game yesterday and both teams were doing it sometimes there'd be a, a long ball would go in now they would go for it and try to break away but they done in and I didn't know if Benji was getting to it when he started coming at his goal and I think he was in the goal at you at your end, but yeah. you, and I'm watching it. Saying I can't what your view is, but I'm watching it going. I don't think there's legs on that. I don't think that's reaching him. And I just had visions of him smashing the boy, 
and yeah, the red curve and, coming and over. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, it wasn't a great that. And it, I mean, it took a while for old uh, Mr. Clancy to get his cards out, but once they were out yesterday, they were out but proper. <laughs> nah. Believable. I can, but that, has, that happens a lot though in, in mm. games, doesn't it? Like, there's a few things that get let go and then it's like you're on a night out and you're bursting for a push and you just had it in you had it in you had it in and then you go and it's the worst thing you could do because you hate go every two minutes refs are like that with the kids they don't want to book nobody in the book somebody then every foul after that's a book yeah, it's, I, uh, it's strange and I thought we started second half really well I thought we started very much on the front foot and went for it and I think Tony Watt the boy Mugabe over the place yesterday he didn't want yeah, to be against yeah. him at all <laughs> He, but he's probably tormented that guy in training oh, for uh, the last year and a bit or, or whatever, however long uh, Mugabe's been at Motherwell. Mm-hmm. But I thought Tony Watt was very good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Levitt strolled it. Uh, young Arch. Like, we, we joke about it, like, old head on young shudders. He really does. He, he's just, he's so calm, so composed on the ball. Uh, I mean, it's, it, his game's... In, in some ways it's pretty unspectacular but like he doesn't seem to get phased by anything you know even even when he was thrown into the side at Ibrox earlier in the season thought he was class that day as well he just I think he's very very reliable for for somebody we the lack of experience that he's got on the face of it when you look at how many times he's actually played and uh, obviously he's, he's still a burn is he what is he 18 maybe 19 mm-hmm. at a push or something just a burn so uh, he he was good as well, and also a wee a special mention uh, Scott McMahon because he's come back into the side, uh, and I think he's been excellent for his comeback in. It was a it was a strange subby yesterday when he went off. I didn't really get that. I don't know if he was maybe he had carrying a knock or something, but it's it's not the subby that I would. Uh, Somebody said after off. the game, it's because he was he's no he's not hundred percent fit or he's just come back okay. in. But I thought, I well, thought you, again he. I thought he'd put a really good shift in again yesterday. He did, he did, yeah. And well, these days when you've got other sports scientists and that, they could, they could maybe say to the manager, right, this guy, he's good to go, but he's only good to go for X amount of minutes, and then anything after that, you're maybe risking an injury. So it, it could be something like that. I don't know. But, what about uh, when he, uh, he, he took the bar for Marco Hara, strode forward, and thought he could smash it in the bottom bin? And it just Daisy cut back to, to the goalie. He should have passed it to McNulty. <laughs> or what? Or we're he, both either side. <laughs> I can I think McNulty was in a better position. I'm desperate uh, for uh, Scott McMahon to score. Desperate. Uh, I can't. Well, to play his music. Speak- I'm desperate. I was speaking to Martin after the game and he was beside himself just going on about that one thing. He was like, I thought he was going to score so that I would have got the music. <laughs> <laughs> he was choking to hear Vince McMahon's theme tune. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, listen, we, we had a, there was a lot of chances like I say that last 10 minute or 15 if you want to include the five minutes out of time uh, and only I think Benjamin a really good he made a, a really good save for the header which yes for what I, for what I can remember was really his only save like the rest were quite I think you yeah. should save them but that in for what I was it looked like a really really good save yeah it was because it bounced in front of him as well mm. uh, but there wasn't a there wasn't too many clear-cut chances. Like, obviously, Scott McMahon, he had that daisy cutter back to their keeper and near the end, Ross Graham. Aye. Like, if that had if that had went in, then that's when you can, it's your day, because that's it's not the best shot. He's put enough enough uh, power behind it, I suppose, but it took a deflection, and I thought, the keeper's wrong-footed here. But if it had been a wee bit closer to the corner, he wasn't getting it. But it was it was central enough for the keeper to get back. 
thought one a point, fairly half decent save. I thought at one point we had about umpteen corners yesterday. We had eight corners in total. I mean, and the thing yeah. was, well, we're, come on, trying to drive down the side. I think Tony Watt probably won most of them, <laughs> to be totally honest at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delivery was poor, though. For the majority, yeah. The boy, Liam Kelly, took two really good crosses. Like, he come mm-hmm. out, claimed them, and was ready to go again. Yeah. Uh, and we spoke about this, we spoke about this a few times, about the whole needing to speed up and needing to break out and, you know... And, and well, once up. and nearly scored. Exactly. Great break. And allowing yeah. teams to reset. And it's like anything, eh? If the bag gets up the park and it goes out of play, it's it's kind of... It's, you've moved up the park at least sometimes. Yep. And you've seen them do it and a couple of times the frustrations come because it goes out the park or it doesn't get there. But you've not allowed us to reset because I think that's what caught out Liam Smith when that bat went mm-hmm. forward because it, I think yeah. it might have come for a corner because there wasn't many back, if you want to remember. Uh, and it was, a, <laughs> it was a bit crazy at times as well. But listen, there are a couple of chances late on, but uh, they couldn't find an equaliser and I was absolutely delighted. Yeah, absolutely. Like we've said it already, it was a must-win game, Rondo. Mm. It really was. And on the back of that, I feel that we are now almost guaranteed Europe. I feel like at worst we're going to finish as fifth. Uh, next two games are obviously incredibly difficult, especially we the, the league poised the way it is, uh, just a, a wee bit ahead of us. It's going to be, it's going to be. I mean, the the, range, the Rangers game possibly, possibly we can get something there. And I say that because like it's a high pressure game for them; they have to win. Plus, it's on the back with this European run, so you, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if they're if they're going to get through. I can never root for them, but if they get through, well, the rest players probably know because they're still going for the league, even though it's a long shot. And then the Celtic game, uh, the midweek after that, I mean, that's just traditionally we didn't play well against Celtic. So the next two games are going to be incredibly hard. We'll get anything for them, then that's a bonus. And that's how I'm I'm fully of a belief that it's it's all to play for in Dingwall. Like, it's, it's not going to be a party up there. Unless we win, Saturday's going to be interesting. Ross County play Motherwell. Something's got to give. Yeah, I would happily take a draw in that game. Yeah, but where is that game? Ross County. Mm, see, I'm, I'm, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I'd probably go home win there. Probably. And then Ross County must have the Rangers at some point as well in the midweek. So after that, it's um, uh, Motherwell play Hearts. And uh, Rangers play Ross County on the same night we play Celtic. Yeah. And then obviously it's um, Motherwell are at Celtic the last day of the season. And uh, yeah. we are obviously up in uh, Dingwall for, for that one. Uh, looking at the league table, uh, we are on 44 points with a minus six goal difference. Ross County, 41 points with a minus nine goal difference. And Motherwell, minus 15 on 40 points. If something's got to give next week, and I might be wrong in saying this, but I think you're looking for a Ross County win. Because Motherwell have got a f- minus 15 goal difference and are four points away, you know? Um, and then it would keep... Well, that, that, if they lose, then that effectively puts them out of anyway. Pretty much, yeah. but, but, I, but I just think the forum they're in, the games that they've got coming up, I think they're out of... I, I, honestly, I, th- I think it's between us and County for fourth. I really do. Mm. Uh and if we get anything for the next two games, 
anything at all, it's it's going to be a bonus. It's probably going to be a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, and I keep saying it, it's going to come down to the last game of the season. It, it really is. We're, we're going to talk about two and a half thousand up there, hopefully. Uh, and we're just going to get right behind the team because it's it's all a play for us. Kind of like a Euro playoff to get into Europe the week later, I suppose. Uh, just two losses now in our last 12 games, but we do face the Erst Cheeks next. Plenty of work to do yeah. on that, but the last game in Dingwall is going to be absolutely massive. Um, yeah. Man of the match yeah. yesterday. Love it. Head and shoulders above. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. He, uh, he just. I felt like any time he was on the ball, he was. He was good. Uh, ah, he's just. He's just cool and calm, is he? Yeah. Can we get a mention for, for the back for three yesterday? So Nielsen was class. Uh, Ross Graham's second half, especially, was really good because he was up against that. Oh, well, well call him by his real name. Sorry, the Blair Maldini Correct. was uh, was tremendous second half. The, the boy was up against uh, certainly wasn't a slow. <laughs> uh, and I think over, maybe over like a 10 yards, he might hit Ross Graham uh, for pace, but the way that they were playing, they were trying to get the bar right out of tap. So it was more of a, a 30 yard sprint or whatever. And uh, Ross, he's, he's no, he's no slouch. Like, you know, he, he might take a wee bit to get up to that speed, but so did Usain Bolt when you watched him doing a hundred meters. So, uh, yeah, I think he was excellent as well. Uh, the the two guys, I don't know. I think I think uh, Nielsen's actually a contract in the summer, so so hopefully we can get something sorted out with him because the potential is definitely there. I mean, this is a guy that's young; he's built like the Hulk, and he's he's kind of learning uh, that position anyway because he did start life as a a midfielder, and, and it was the club that I've tried to convert him the last couple of years and. It's not like he's had loads and loads of opportunities either. You know, he came in early last season and then he went, he ended up on loan at Falkirk or something, but Falkirk are dog shite these days, uh, which was never going to be a good fit for him. Uh, and even this season, he's had to just bide his time because the defence, like in general, have been quite good. Mm-hmm. Ross Graham came in at a certain stage in the season, been a revelation, which kind of, I mean, I don't know if it pissed Nielsen off, but... Well, Nielsen, you Nielsen started that game, mind. A parkhead. Yeah, yeah. Because Carl Butcher right. was centre half. Yeah, that's is that the, that was the one 0 game. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And, and it was it was probably Lewis that maybe switched off right at the end. Yeah. Probably you can say Lewis that. You've just praised them. You can bring them back to the earth now. No, here, it's. <laughs> I mean, no, that was that was backs to the wall that day. You can I can forgive that. You know, we, we put in a fair shift that day. That was another. Tough, tough story for Parkhead, and we've we've no disgraced ourselves against these next two teams this season. Like I suppose the Celtic games at home, they've been our poorest performances against the infirm Beth Earth cheeks. Like the Rangers games, I, th- I think we've done very, very well. Uh, we beat them at home. We've drew with them at home, and if it wasn't for a penalty, which Rangers usually get, and that was against like maybe the youngest team United have ever put out. Uh, so really unfortunate that day. Celtic games at Parkhead, I think we've we've done all right. We've done done very well actually at times in their games. But the home games, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's like we we just hoist up the white flag before they get into the city or something. We've just I didn't even care if I had a shot in the home games against Celtic. So that's something's got to change there if we're trying to tap points for them, especially when they're going for a league. Uh, it's just going to be really, really difficult. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, a reminder of the game 
against the Rangers is on the Sunday and it's a 3pm kickoff, which is obviously an absolute delight for uh, for us doing podcasts and whatever. I know we're later the day, but Paul was hungover and I was at a christening or a baby naming service as it is. But next week's a very quick turnaround because the game's at three, we need to record at half five, I'm getting picked up at seven to go at the airport hotel and I'm off to Barcelona at half past six on the Monday morning. So at some nice. point, maybe we a pint in my hand, I'll get everything uploaded. So I'm just just putting it out there just now. If there's a bit of a shambles next week, it's it's Paul's fault. That's Sam's. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the blame. <laughs> Broad shoulders, it's fine. So yes, so that is uh, that is next week. Uh, noticed you were in half early yesterday. Gilets were on point, you and the wee man. Any mm. scran? Did you steal any food? What were we then? Uh, no, no, no. I went to Ruffin Fraser's before the game. I got a couple of tatty and bean pies for me and the wee man. So we were good. Cheeky. You sneak them in? We were good. Or did you hear them uh, before well, you come in? No, no. I had them before I came in. Just as nobody wants to tell you, kind of talk a path through a turnstile rondo. That's, that's quite a minute. So I, I didn't want that to be the, the situation. And I mean, last week I did bet. I did spend money at the concession stall on a dry hot dog and a burnt pet. So. That's probably the last that I spend in the ground this season because that was an absolute shambles. Uh, see, you, you wouldn't need to sneak it in if you joined the backpack club. So there you go. Um, <laughs> what I will tell you is obviously the weather was pretty abysmal yesterday, right? And I think everyone knew the weather was going to be abysmal. But no, our uh, good friend Trapdoor, who rocked up with no jacket and a pair of shorts on, and he's seen wow. the Dode Fox. There was a few guys with shorts on yesterday, though. Yeah, like, you know what? It wasn't a cold, but like the uh, rain was that's not good. But depending where you sit, Tanner East as well, you could be undercover. And if the rain's blowing into that stand, then you're getting soaked all the same. So, listen, it could be a sunny day where I sit, but if there's a bit of wind, it's freezing. Yeah, yeah, but, but you are in like the sheds are really cold, and what are you sitting? That's that must that must be like a freezer up there somewhere. That's, that's pretty yeah, it's pretty cold. I was scoping out where they might put the VAR so I could uh, find out what's going on. And then uh, maybe What we need you to do is get all your computery technology stuff that you've got in your head and try to hack into that VAR system, okay? So United get about three penalties a game at him. That, that's what I'm needing. That's what I'm needing for you, Rondo. Okay? If you have been this podcast so you've got more time on your hands, then so be it. Penalty United and the, the referee's going fucking buzz another box. Penalty United. <laughs> I have pulled it back 10 minutes ago, something happened. When we were actually in the box, so I can bring it on, right? <laughs> What's going on? So, yes, so a big, big three points uh, yesterday as we looked to secure fourth and secure the ultimate objective, obviously, top six tech. The European adventure. We're nearly there. I mean, there is my. Uh, Passport, a VG United strip passport case. Like in that, for that you they, that should get you entry to any country it's in good the that. world. I waited, tremendous. I waited three weeks for us away, and I was doing my well, dinner it's, right. It's worth but worth the wait. I've also got the uh, VG mouse pad yes. and a luggage tag. I am that guy. So uh, obviously, Mister Dundee United passports already out for uh, for next week. Off to the. Spanish city of beautiful Barcelona, and mm-hmm. the game's no, see, been see, see when we when we when we qualify for well for said. this conference league. Uh, somebody says to me it's regional. Is that right? I've no idea. 
Because like, we've been saying and joking for weeks, uh, we'll, we'll end up in Kazakhstan. Well, you or mean we'll not get to Kazakhstan away? Well, maybe no. Well, how, how <laughs> did no. uh, what are the farmers? They got knocked out by Galatasaray. Yeah. Last bit. Were they in the Conference League? Oh, they must have been by that point because they'd already been right, bombed okay. out the other competition, I'm sure. Well, I mean, that's not very regional, is it? Nah, I'm not sure <laughs> who they played. Perth to, to, to Turkey. Need to nah. keep an eye on that. We'll definitely need to keep an eye on that. Uh, so, anyway, three points done. We're in fourth. One of the ass cheeks next week, Sunday, Ibrox, 3 pm kickoff. Tickets are on sale, I believe, for that, for people that are going. And uh, good luck to you if you are going and watch yourself because they're assholes. Anyway, this week it's uh, been wildly reported across the uh, media and the social media that Trevor Carson's after St. Murn. Mm. I mean, where do we file that signing? Uh, I, I don't know. Is he related to Stephen Robinson? Is it his son? He's maybe got photos that he, 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 he needs to keep on his phone. I don't it's, know. It's a strange one because he had him at Motherwell and then obviously or apparently Trevor Carson wanted to go mm. down to England. He didn't we signed him and then he went to Stephen Robinson's team on loan mm. and then Stephen Robinson left, went to St. Murn and now St. Murn have signed him. So yeah. I don't know, can. I don't know, can. There's something there. It's, uh, I, I it's, think, it's a strange one. Listen, yeah, it's a strange one. We don't know the official word, right, or, or what the club or the manager or anything thinking, but the outside looking in, it looks like he's he's been signed because Benji, they might have thought Benji was going and obviously Benji's then no went and it's like, well, what do we... What do we do now, lads? You know, we've got mm-hmm. two half a good keepers, and if he wasn't playing very much, then he um he, he went out on loan in, in January there. So it's an it's, as far as I'm aware that that will happen. Like that deal will happen. He is going to go to St. Martin for for what it is because he's still got a year in his deal, and then it leaves us with Benji might resign. We still don't know. No one's been said. And then if he does now, you would still expect an, another experienced goalie to come in you know because we're I'm done with us just saying like Burns on the bench not against Jack Newman by the way because he's been brought in for that but the holes Vic Shromnik and all that garbage so we've past that it's unreal we've seen it yeah so but Trevor if he goes we'll wish him well um, to St Mern apart from when he's playing us and we'll boo him when he tries to attack goal kicks oh throw Pez at him and definitely if you might watch depending on what team come out in the playoffs he might get a Horrible Pefe, just along in that seaside resort of our both thrown up. <laughs> no, you're great, Pezza. Nonsense. Nonsense. Right, let's hear about how Mr. Carson's been getting on, along with a load of his other teammates out on loan. It's time for Paul's favourite part of every single episode, the loan report. As always, we'll start across the Irish Sea with Mark Connolly at Dundalk. This past Friday evening, Mark Conley and his Dundalk side welcomed Drogheda to Oriel Park for the Louth Derby. It was a bittersweet day for the big man, however, as although his team ran out comfortable 4-1 winners on the night, he only lasted 62 minutes as he picked up a slight injury. When Conley went off, his team were 3-0 up. The win also pushed his side into third place. Trevor Carson at Morecambe. Trevor has brought down the curtain on his spell at Morecambe the way that most of his time there has gone, with a defeat. Morecambe were already safe from the drop when Sunderland rolled into the Mazuma Stadium on Saturday, and although the game would finish 1-0 to the Mackhams, it was easy to see why there are 14 places between the sides in the league table. As for Trevor, he's once again put in his usual assured performance, but it wasn't enough on the day. Declan Glass at Kilmarnock. 
It was a rare occasion for Deco on Friday evening as he was named in the starting lineup for Killy's trip to Wraith. Disaster would strike in the warm-up though as he pulled up injured and could not play any part in the match as a result. Nightmare for the lad and probably a fitting end to a truly worthless loan spell for him. The match itself would finish one all. Logan Chalmers at inverse neck. After missing out due to injury last Saturday, Logan was back in the squad, but on the bench for Inverness's last game of the league season. He did get on in the 63rd minute of the match, but by that time, the game was already over as a contest, as Inverness were four up by the 28th minute. That's how the match would finish, and it's now two matches against the horrible Partick Thistle for Logan as he bids to gain promotion with the Highlanders. Flynn Duffy at Peterhead. Flynn ended his time at Peterhead with yet another start and another good performance. In what was essentially a meaningless end-of-season game for both sides, the game itself would finish 1-0 and Flynn would play for 78 minutes. It's undeniable that Flynn has had a great spell out on loan this season and it can only have benefited him from getting so much playing time. Kai Fotheringham at Cove Rangers. With Cove having wrapped up the League One title last week, they would head through to Methyl for another meaningless match and Kai was once again on the bench. Wonders will never cease though, as Paul Hartley did actually remember that he was allowed to play the lad and did so in the 64th minute. Cove would win the match 3-2 with their winner coming from the ginger James Bond, Mark Reynolds. Adam Hutchison at Dumbarton. Weeks after I stated that Adam's season was over due to injury, he started his side's last league game of the season as they hosted Clyde. He would play at centre half and get the first half before being withdrawn. The score on the day was 2-1 to Adam's Dumbarton side, but they now enter the relegation playoffs where they'll be fighting out to remain in League One for next season. Jack Newman and Reese Caves at Spartans. It was the last game of the season for Jack, Reese, and the Spartans as they hosted Galaferadine Rovers last Tuesday. Jack would start this one, and Reese was sat on the bench to start with. It took only three minutes for disaster to strike for Jack. He was put under pressure from a pass back, tried to then dribble his way out of trouble, and succeeded in bringing the striker down and giving away a penalty. Nightmare. From there, though, the Spartans would get back on track and would eventually win out 2 1 on the night. As for Reese, he got on for the final 35 minutes, and his spell at the Spartans was definitely more successful than his time at Airdrie earlier in this season. Rory Adams at Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale. A break from league business for Rory and his Hutchie Vale side meant facing Linlithgow Rose in the first round of the League Cup proper. It would prove to be a challenging fixture with Rose flying high in the league. Within 10 minutes, Rose took the lead when their striker was able to win a long ball from in between two defenders and then lob Rory, who had just started to advance out of his goal. Shortly after, they doubled the lead when their striker got goal side of a cross from the right and headed in from six yards out. Just before half-time, however, Hutchie won a penalty when a Rose defender handled the ball on the line, straight red. The resulting penalty, however, was saved by the keeper. While it looked like that would be all for the half, in the following phase of play, Hutchie claimed the ball, put it forward to what appeared to be an offside player. The ref played on, however, and Hutchie took advantage to pull one back. It was 2-1 at half-time. At the start of the second half, Rose looked to kill the tie off and had the majority of the territory in possession. Although down to 10 men, their players were able to find space and in one attack got the ball to an unmarked player on the edge of the D who smashed a shot in low off the right fast post and Rory could do nothing about it. 
Rose continued to get the better of the game, forcing Rury to make a couple of really good saves to keep the score down. Some late subs brought Hutchie back into it, but they were unable to add to the scoreline. Full-time, 3-1. It's back to league action next week with a must-win fixture against Hillebeath. The academy team. Last Tuesday night, the academy lads played the first match on the newly refurbished Gussie Park, and it was Celtic that were the visitors. I actually bothered my heirs to attend this one, and on the back of recent results, my expectations were fairly low. What I did see, however, was a more than decent match. Celtic took the lead in the first half with a great finish from a fairly tight angle. Big Rory Adams in the goal did get a hand to it, but it wasn't enough to stop the ball from flying into the top corner. The lads did try to play some decent football for the rest of the half, but couldn't get any joy going forward. Into the second half now, and we got back on level terms, and who else but Rory McLeod would be on the end of a great move involving Miller Thompson and Stuart Heenan. United were right back in it at that stage and were in the ascendancy. I then headed up the road as it was bloody freezing, and by the time I had got home, Celtic had nicked it at the death and went back to the West Coast with the three points. On Friday, it was United's turn to head through to the West Coast as they rocked up at Fir Park to play Motherwell. Well, would go in at halftime, one goal up, courtesy of an injury time strike. United up to tempo in the second half, but it would take until the 65th minute to get back on level terms. Rory McLeod's sublime through ball sent Stuart Heenan clear, and he showed fantastic composure to drill beyond the well-keeper from 10 yards. At the other end, United survived the double scare with Motherwell twice striking the woodwork from close range. But the young tangerine terrors were to have the last laugh as in injury time, Lewis O'Donnell's long-range effort deceived the well-keeper to complete the comeback and seal a 2-1 win. And as Ronnie mentioned earlier, it capped off a fine day for Lewis O'Donnell as he was named in the Scotland squad for the Under-17 Euro Championship finals alongside his teammates Craig Moore and Rory McLeod. The women's team. After the disappointment of losing their unbeaten league record last week, the ladies will have to wait until Wednesday night to get back to action. But what a way to do it. They face off against St Johnston in a game that is definitely not a derby, and that match will take place at Tannadice Park. It is a 7.30 kickoff, and the team will receive the league trophy on the night. It's no more than the team deserve, given the season that they've had, and with season ticket holders getting in free, they'll be hoping for a decent turnout on the night. As for myself and Ronnie, if there's a bandwagon to jump on, you can guarantee we will do so. The podcast are the match ball sponsors on the night, but our request to also be mascots was sadly refused. Good luck to the team, and we hope that they enjoy their evening. Danny McGinley is on 27 goals for the season, so she needs a hat trick. She needs 30. She needs a hat trick on Wednesday. Well, hopefully, people can come along. Uh, they are getting the full treatment. By treatment, I mean, uh, I'll be there playing some music and then still lineups and all that jazz. Is that right? So and get a bit of. Um, a bit of nice one. The full match day experience. I mean, so you're going to be up on the the gantry then? Uh, well, I will be in my normal spot, so it oh, should be uh, okay. So yeah, it should be fun. We're looking forward to that one on uh, Wednesday night. Let's say kick off half past seven. If you're a season ticket, you get for nothing. Um, the anyone else who wants to come, it's basically pay what you can. Uh, for them and uh, under 12s must be uh, escorted, escorted, accompanied by an adult. If you're uh, if you're going along to that one, so uh, good luck to all the team on Wednesday night. Uh, the walking football over six days header off to Edinburgh last week without their top goal scorer, but they looked great in the new Dundee United Community Trust strips. By the way, orange tops, 
Community Trust crest in white, black shorts, keeper kit, all light blue. And uh, they want to thank the Community Trust for getting the strip sorted out. But results didn't really go our way on the day. Saw us drop to 10 out of 12 teams at the halfway stage. And they go again on May 28th. It's a good day, that, lads. If you're that during the day, I've got something you can go tonight. I feel good. We'll, we'll mention it. We'll mention it later. Attention now turns to the over-50s league. They're at the RPC as we record this today. As always, new players of any age or ability are most welcome at any of the sessions. But you must be over 50 or 60, depending on the tournament, to complete uh, compete in the competition. So there you go. So good luck to uh, the team when the next round of fixtures come along. The Dundee United Sports Foundation now have over 2,000 members. You can join up by going to dusf.scot forward slash pledge and you could be united and join the foundation. The United Futures Lottery jackpot. It's not been won again. So it's up to £1,250 this coming Friday. Uh, the lottery is drawn at noon on a Friday. It's never a bad time to sign up the lottery. It's a pound a week. You can get the details at unitedlottery.co.uk. Remember, all the proceeds go to support our academy. The Elite 50-50 matchday draw was back yesterday as well. First prize, £680. Ticket number 168208. And second prize, uh, £225. Ticket number 168400. Uh, that'll be back on the 11th of May for the Celtic game. That'll be the final time this season. All the details of the lottery and the 50-50 are online at unitedlottery.co.uk Games are goals. Five points up for grabs. You have to match the five players to the amount of games they played, the goals they scored for everyone you get correct. You get a point. The only resource allowed is the Arab Archive. The scores right now... It's Ronnie 73, Paul 77. It's almost mathematically impossible after another Selden. couple of weeks. Selden. If you get five a day, it's a struggle now. I mean, when do we finish? Three weeks' time? Another three uh, maybe yeah. after this, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's no long, it's no long. You know? So I'm no. looking for, uh, like uh, Britain in the Eurovision, Nilpois. Are you ready for your players? I just went with a bick. No, no, it's a bick. I didn't call you, you know. Okay. That way you will. You will in a minute. Billy Thompson. <laughs> Billy Thompson. I think we used him no long ago. Correct. But he's been on my list for a while and I just threw him in. Okay. David McCracken. Oof. Big fan of him, aren't you? No. Okay. Podcast pal, Freddy Vanderhoorn. Freddy. Podcast uh -huh. pal, John Rankin. Thanks. And Morgaro yep. Gomez. Sir James Gomez. Right, okay. We used him the other week as well. Well, you should get this right. I've yeah, had, I've had this written for weeks. Okay. Because I plan well, ahead, uh, unlike you. They're going to be in the 200s, I think. That's my hunch. You ready? I'm ready. 203. 203. Okay. 
205. Yep. 207. Seven, okay. 209. 209. And 234. Two, three, four. Because <laughs> I've named you 211. <laughs> Damn it. Right. There you go. I've got, I've scribbled it down. So just in case. They didn't want to drag the suit around or can that you know what is to get five. So Billy Thompson. Yeah. Two, three, four. Okay. That sticks in my mind because I'm sure that we used him. And we definitely used Morgaro as well. But David McCracken, two oh three. Freddie, two oh five. Rankin, two oh seven. Morgaro, two oh nine. There. What makes you what makes you set on them? What stands out that's just made you get there? I just wrote them down quick today. Okay. We're, trying, we're trying to keep it interesting. I don't, I, I, deep down, do I want to get five? Eh. But if I didn't, then it makes it interesting. And I'm, I'm sure that Billy Thompson's two, three, four. I'm sure he's got the miss there. Billy Thompson scored <laughs> zero. Niggles. Yes. He made 234 appearances. Okay, I thought that. David McCracken scored eight goals. Eight goals. In 200 and three appearances. Many goals in Freddy scored? No more than five. Five. Five, five goals. Yeah. Yeah. In 205 appearances. So 200 games where he didn't bloody contribute. Correct. <laughs> I don't think he'd done a Brian Welsh with a double or that in any games. But John Rankin, many goals did he score? The most on this I'm list. Not... Is it? Yeah, he scored the okay, most I, on this list. Well, I would, I would have said, I would, before you said that, I was going to say about eight or nine. Mm. Uh, so 12. 13. 13, okay. Mm. Jimmy Gomez, many goals he score? Six. He scored eight. eight goals. I couldn't even name a few. I can't remember him ever he, scored. He scored. He scored at Pataudry and he scored a raker at Tynecastle and he scored at, he scored at Tannadice, I'm sure, in a 3 0 win against Motherwell. Did he not score at Tynecastle in the Aberdeen semi final? Can't mind. I think he did. Uh, Didn't remember getting well, off the bus that day. Well, if I'm right with it, that's only four. I can't think of the other four. There you go. So, we're left with 207. And uh, was it 209? Is that what we're yes. at? Yes. John Rankin. Margaro mm-hmm. Gomez. John Rankin made 207 appearances. Which means we'll it is the nine-point gap. At the top of the table. I actually think I've been behind the hill time, haven't I? I don't think I've ever been I don't, in the lead. I don't know, I can. I'm nine I, points behind. I'm a wee bit annoyed that I got half five there. That's well. bullshit. Like Billy Thompson, I kinda kinda can't that in, but I'm I'm ruining the game. No, you're not. You're just playing the game and winning. <sighs> so I, wanna, just, I, wanna, I like keeping it close to suspense. I mean, it's still kind of going to be close. I'm mean, just working out many episodes. We've got three episodes left, and we'll probably no play on the last time. So, so you've got you've got ten points that you could still score. Mm-hmm. 
and them nine ahead. <laughs> right, okay. So, yeah, so I basically, you've, you, you've pretty much won it now, but to even... I, out, Dundee have got more chance of staying up to even you've got. To even out, I think we do need to do it the last week. I think that, because that would be me, you asking me, so that would be fair, because I asked you the very first episode, so yep. we kind of do hey, three left, I think. So I can still win. But ah, depends. I need to get five next week, and then you need to have a fucking disaster, really. Yeah. But until well, that's g- done, give us a time limit. Give us like ten seconds to do it. Then listen. To quote a, a genius manager, we might not win many games, uh, but if we win three in a row, we'll be in the playoffs, right? So <laughs> can remember that, right? No one barely won three games a year, but we we'll win three in a row, right? Just keep all of that in. And we'll keep the heat enough. Taps off. Don't Fox Podcast Shop. Uh, the new Ryan Edwards t-shirt is selling very well. Thank you very much to everyone supporting and buying a t-shirt. Dodfoxpodcast.com. Uh, you can buy a t-shirt or for less, you can buy a ticket to come to the live show on the 28th of May at the Gardine Theatre. Peter Houston's going to be one of our guests. Craig Conway is going to be one of our guests as well. And you can get tickets dundeebox.co.uk. They are £15. You can join us to chat about their uh, careers at United, uh, talk about that day in 2010. We'll talk about them both leaving as well. And, of course, they will take part in an audience Q&A on the night, Saturday, 28th of May, at the Gardine Theatre. It is the Dove Fox Podcast live with Peter Houston, Craig Conway, 15 quid a ticket. And a reminder, mm. it is not a live episode. It will not be going out the following day uh, or anything like that because we'll have finished up the week before uh, for the season. So that is the uh, last yeah. time to catch any of this drivel live. Of course, and we also realise that we're competing just now with United season tickets and mm-hmm. Rangers away tickets, Celtic at home tickets and Dingwall tickets. Yep. Uh, but the, but definitely, it's going to be a good night. Uh, it's a it's a rare opportunity to to hear Conway and Hoosty's thoughts on such a, a memorable occasion for the club. So uh, if you can get along, if you can get along, please do come and join me. It's going to be a, a good laugh. It certainly is. Right, let's finish up on this day in association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006. Second of May is our focus today. And we have a birthday, just the one, and a very unique three games all against Hibs this week. 1987 for the first game. The victory was all the more important as it clinched our presence in next season's UEFA Cup, as we can now know uh, we can now finish no lower than third in the league. This, however, was a victory achieved by a Tanadice shadow squad, to put it nicely. Ian Redford, captain for the day, was the only starter in the UEFA Cup final the following Wednesday. It didn't take the United youngsters long to make the presence felt. Billy McKinley's cross from the left, headed down by Gary McGuinness, and podcast pal Kevin Gallagher facing his own goal. Lofted the ball over the advancing rough and into the net via the post. Only six minutes later, an Ian Redford header was fumbled by Ruff and ensuing scramble in the Hibs defence ended with a penalty after a clear and stuck Ray. Skipper Ian Redford beat Alan Ruff low down from the spot. Hibs did pull one back four minutes for the interval thanks to a fine solo effort by Dougie Bell. It was United 2, Hibs 1. 1998 next, and the tension of the occasion was highly evident in the opening stages. 
Immediately after Crawford sent an angular drive narrowly past, uh, we we passed up an even better chance. Lars Zetterland placing a shell Olsen cut back narrowly wide at the target, but we rude that because just after the half-hour mark, Grant Bremner headed in a McGinley cross to put Hibs ahead at Easter Road. Thereafter, Goldmouth incident was scant at either end, but with two exceptions in that were to weigh heavily in our favour. 18 minutes free time, Gary McSwig had teed up a chance for Shell Olsen, who side-footed home from six yards, and six minutes later, he collected a cross from fellow countryman Lars Zetterland with his head, and with the second header, managed to beat Gunn at the near post and bring complete salvation from the spectre of relegation. Hibs 1, United 2. Wonder what the score will be in the next end. Our trio of matches against Hibs finished at Easter Road 2009 as substitute David Goodwillie sealed a vital win for United with a goal two minutes from full time. Hibs were reduced to nine men at the time after Chris Hall saw, uh, saw red and uh, David Van Zanten received treatment for a head knock and Goodwillie took full advantage of that to beat Ian Murray at the ball and lash his shot past Eze Macalambe in the Hibs goal. United are earlier taking the lead through Warren Feeney before Stephen Fletcher equalised for the home side five minutes before half time. It finished Hibs 1, United 2. Can we just play Hibs every time on this date? Unbelievable. Uh, birthday then. A player who made 166 appearances. He scored 16 goals. He was signed by Craig Brewster. The highlight of his United career will no doubt be 2010 at Hamden. The low light? Well, it might be on May 28th. Happy birthday to Craig Conway, who's 37 today. Happy birthday, Mr Conway. Indeed. Anything else you would uh, like to add in this week, Mr McNichol, before we wrap things up? Nothing. Not a thing. No, nope. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm happy this week because we've got the three points. Uh, I'm looking forward to Dingwall. Again, we've got two games before that, but I'm not going to be going to Ibrox next week. And uh, the Celtic game, well, probably going to be surrounded by them. Yeah. <laughs> You're going Wednesday though, aren't you? You'll be there Wednesday. Can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for Wednesday to see the 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 women get the league trophy. They've absolutely deserved it. It's it's a minor a minor thorn in the in the foot that they've actually lost their unbeaten record, I suppose. But you know they would have took this at the start of the season uh, comfortably won that league. Uh, and I think it's it's good. It's good that they're getting to play the the home of football. Can can I call it that? Call it what you like. I'm calling it the home of football. So it's good that they're getting that opportunity. And uh, I might just send Leo up that wee letter uh, annoy the life at you for 90 minutes. And just for the record, you're not going to be the mascot. I'm, I'm, I would love to be. I would put the suit on. I would. But I, I, I actually, I'm probably too tall for it. And I didn't kind of get my snooker cue in it either. We, uh, Looking like John Higgins these days. I'm going to be my at all times, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, anyway, yet another Saturday without a game as we head to Ibrox on Sunday at 3pm. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on social media. You can grab some merch, dodefoxpodcast.com and tickets for the live show from dundeebox.co.uk to have a great week. Stay safe and don't forget to wash your hands and your arsehole. <laughs>